Welcome to Resonate Podcast. We're here with Derek Maines from the Musicians Co-op. He's going to be telling us all about the venue and the plans and its future, which is going to be pretty exciting for Lancaster and surrounding areas and beyond. Derek, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about the Music Co-op for those who maybe don't know what it is. The Music Co-op was opened 36 years ago. It was started by some students at the time who were at the university and they were in various bands and found out that there was nowhere really in the city that they could rehearse. So I think they badgered the council for ages and eventually were given a very short-term lease, I think only for a year initially, on a building just over the road from where we are now. Hmm. And they basically set up a kind of ad hoc rehearsal room and basically never got kicked out. Uh-huh. So just over, they just stayed there and then the councils just kind of let them and went on for, as I say, over 30 years and grew and they built more rooms and there was a recording studio in there. The idea of it, I think, initially was just to be a, a very cooperative thing, but for just a cheap place for people to come and make music. Mm-hmm. And that ethos just kind of continued over the years, really. So yeah, a place to record and rehearse and not break the bank. Absolutely. So what are the, some of the plans then that the co-op's got? So when the lockdown happened, it closed down, and then the building itself was in such disrepair that when everything started to open up again, it couldn't really be done. The building was falling to pieces, the roof was leaking, and everything was just becoming really dangerous in there. I think anyone who's even rehearsed in there over the last maybe 10 or 15 years would know what kind of state the building was in. So it's been closed now for around three years, I think, maybe a bit longer. But we've just received a proper lease from the council, which we never had before, which means that uh, repairs are allowed to now take place to the building. And we've secured some funding from various different bodies. So work has actually started now on completely refurbishing the building. The roof's been taken off and that's getting repaired at the minute and then when that's done we'll begin on the inside. So we're basically trying to completely renovate it and then reopen it and get it back to the status in the community that it was in but hopefully better because it's a brand new setup and everything's going to be fancy and new hopefully. Absolutely brilliant. And I bet as a musician, that is an incredibly exciting prospect. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's kind of why I got involved in it. Mm-hmm. Like I say, it's been, I am very much new to being involved. I've only really been involved in the committee for the last year or so, uh-huh. whereas some people have been there from the start of it. Um, but my big kind of inspiration for trying to get involved was just that I'm in a band myself and there's nowhere to practice. Absolutely, yeah. As, kind of, as much as I wonder for the community, I kind of wonder for myself. Absolutely, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think I was fortunate in a sense in Dundee, we had um, one main rehearsal studio was right next to the train station. Right. So you could make as much noise as you possibly wanted to and nobody actually bothered. Yeah. And now I believe that um, in the last sort of 10 years, there's actually now a second rehearsal studio uh, that's open so I know I know what it was like as a, as a kid how vital it was to have a space just to escape to meet friends and just jam and make music you know what I mean yeah so I grew up on a farm kind of in the middle of nowhere right and we when uh, we actually used to the guy who owned the farm that my dad worked on let us use one of his old barns to practice in oh, amazing we Pretty actually cool. made an album in one of them too as well did you yeah I was kind of lucky in that way but 
there was no kind of community aspect to that. I think that's what's the exciting thing about the co-op really is that yeah. we were lucky because we could just go into a farm shed and make music and that, but mm-hmm. you never, there, there was no other musicians around. You never met people. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the co-op, like there's going to be bands coming in and out and you can meet people, you can organise gigs together, you can meet new musicians if you're looking for new musicians. Like, I think that kind of community aspect of it is the important thing really. We just need to ensure that that happens again when it reopens. But I think it naturally will. Like, yeah. that's the whole idea of it being a cooperative, really, isn't yeah. it? Like, it's a space where people can come and do their thing and meet other people who are doing the same thing. If you were to sort of take us through the the visual aspect of the of the venue, what's the the new space going to have that maybe the old space didn't have? A lot of that's dependent on. A lot of different factors, mainly funding. Uh-huh. Um, so there's ideas of what we want. So plans, ideally, I think the plan is to have three rehearsal rooms that will all be completely set up so you can just walk in, plug in and play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a recording, a designated recording studio with a live room and everything. If we can get funding for the full plans, there's talk about maybe having a small kind of event space upstairs Mm -hmm. which would be something again that would bring other people into the co-op as well but the main focus will be on having designated rehearsal rooms where people can just walk in plug in and play you don't need to bring your amplifiers and drums and everything yeah yeah and having a functioning studio that people can hire out and record their music easily as well yeah that'll be absolutely and sorely needed as well because so many people who do not have access to that equipment either at home or who just maybe don't have that skill for uh, for that recording that's going to be a, a vital lifeline for them as well yeah and i think personally the way that my band makes music we write a lot of it on computers and just record the bare bones of it mm-hmm. that way mm-hmm. but then you need somewhere if you want to put drums on or if you want to record the singing in a more kind of professional way then yeah you kind of need to have access to a studio like that so hopefully that can be something that people could do as well really. absolutely there could be there'll be musicians out there who can make the music but don't necessarily know how to mix the music there'll be those who yeah. are really good at mixing and production but maybe aren't writing their own music so there'll always be a space for for everyone in in that respect so. yeah what have been some of the challenges then that you faced in creating a venue in a space such as this then for music makers to come i think with anything like this obviously has been securing the funding to do it really mm-hmm. because it costs a lot of money a building that old that was in such kind of disrepair yeah costs a lot of money to fix it but mm-hmm. We've got funding from the city council, from the community ownership fund, from the shared prosperity fund and the heritage action zone, which is in partnership with Historic England. Mm-hmm. So there's loads of different funding bodies that have been putting in various pots of money. So that's how we've been able to start the work. But again, we're going to need to try and secure funding for inside stuff so trying to bring together all these different ways that we can just get it open again really because yeah that's the main mission that everyone's got i think is just we just need to get it open again yeah absolutely are you looking then to additional funding and funders from you know not just public funds but also private funds as well and and how how close a relationship have you got with the city council in terms of driving that at the minute there's no kind of um, private funding as such. I think with the nature of it being a cooperative, we probably want to 
avoid the kind of yeah. private route. Yeah. But we do we are doing things like we sell T shirts through our website mm -hmm. if anybody wants to buy a T shirt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> doing various fundraising events that way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess the, the main body of it's kind of coming from public funds really, yeah. Yeah. You got a cracking website as well. Dominic does a lot of very good work for no money at all. Yeah. As does everybody really on the yeah. committee. A lot of people do remember it when it was functioning and open and it was a, a, a real hub. And I think that the fact that, you know, it's got there is an excitement again because obviously currently we're sat in the cantina which is a venue just you know directly opposite which is a colossal size venue that has a whole range of different events and things and the idea of within this area of lancaster to be able to have a rehearsal studio recording studio and a get and a functioning venue within walking distance of each other i think is a really exciting thing and we've been working quite closely with the people here so yeah i think yeah. the idea that you can be in a band over there and write your songs, record them maybe, and then come over here and do mm. a gig. Like showing people that you can do that really, I think is a important aspect of it. We've already spoken to Barry Lucas in terms of his work in you know bringing rock to college. Can you talk a bit more about the events that are planned very soon with Barry and the university? Yeah, so we're doing an event with Barry on the Saturday, 16th of March up at the Great Hall at the university, which is where Barry used to promote gigs. Huge bands like Van Morrison, Paul McCartney, mm. and Kid Creole and the Pretenders and all sorts of stuff. That's right. So um, he's going to be doing a Q&A with Andrew, who runs a library up there during the kind of early evening, talking about his book and about all of the events that went on in the hall. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, they've asked the music co-op to curate an evening of music with bands and artists who are kind of affiliated. Mm. So there'll be the Q&A with Barry, and then we've got four bands playing, which is going to be really exciting. Amazing. Are the bands confirmed yet or still in talks? We kind of wanted to show uh, the variety of different types of music that's been made in Lancaster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we've got Field Lines Cartographer, who's a really cool ambient modular synth guy um, mm. he releases lots of music on castles in space which is a go-to label for that type of music mm -hmm. then we've got a band called hawkmen dive who are a bit more indie rock type thing mm -hmm. now we've got maya bug and dave shooter so maya plays contemporary and jazz kind of experimental cello and dave's an electronic musician so he's going to be performing with her and then we've got a band from Morecambe called Good Boy Nico, yeah. who are a kind of, in their own words, a dream pop band. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we've got lots of different stuff going on, but yeah. I think that's the idea, to show that there's loads of different people making different music, really, and just to celebrate mm -hmm. that, I think. Amazing. Will that be a ticketed event? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's an Eventbrite ticket link, which will be up on all our social media things and stuff as soon as we announce. I think it's £8 for a ticket, and you get to obviously come to the whole event mm. and the Q&A and all the music at night time and mm. there's going to be food stalls and bars and merchandise stalls and everything as well so grab them when they go live on Monday was there like a consideration about how you went about choosing the bands or is it just you wanted to have as diverse a sound as possible to represent the diverse sounds of the area I spoke with Andrew the curator of the library and and we just kind of thought that it would be good to show a variety of different types of music rather mm. than it be just kind of one side of the thing. Because I think there's so much exciting different stuff going on, like 
in Lancaster, you have like the electronic -y type stuff like Hymns for Robots and things, and then there's yeah. Jazz Festival, and then there's more yeah. punky, rocky type stuff going on at various different venues. And I just thought it was important to kind of celebrate all the different aspects of it really. yeah and in that wider music ecosystem how do you hope the music co-op will feed into those existing festivals like the jazz festival lancaster music festival and all of these sorts of things i think it always has really it's just over the last three or four years because it's been shut it's still in people's consciousness and i think it's all it, it always has fed into those things because all the bands that play at those festivals used to rehearse there yeah so i think when we can reopen it's mm. just going to be more a part of it again. Yeah. But we, like even this year at the music festival, we put on an event here, which was all bands who rehearsed at the music co-op. So we're just trying to keep the name and the ethos of the place alive yeah. whilst it's closed so that when we reopen, everybody knows we're back with a band. Absolutely. There's going to be those who remember it from pre-pandemic days who miss it and need a place to just escape and jam and create new things. And then of course there'll be those, certainly in the last 30 odd years, who will have a very strong memory and a, st a strong relationship with the, with the co-op as well. And I think a big thing that we need to do as well is find the next generation of people who are going to be the co-op members really. So we need to make sure that everybody knows about it in the sense that if you're a young kid and you've never heard of it before, this is an exciting place that you can go and make music. Right? Mm. I think that's important. So we're trying to work towards when we do reopen again, engaging with maybe schools and just trying to make sure that young people know that it's a space for them as well, really, not just people who've used it previously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, certainly being around schools and uh, spaces where young people go in terms of, obviously, there's there's... The spaces such as you know more music's venue and other similar spaces and obviously with the closure over the last sort of 13 years of a lot of spaces for young people yeah i think in terms of having that hub for them again is going to be a really exciting thing certainly it's going to be a really important space for those who maybe don't have that opportunity and to be able to meet up with some people and go i've just been jamming a few chords shall we just try something out and yeah. so that's the i think that's probably the 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 main exciting thing yeah absolutely and just having a space that where you know you can go and do that i think yeah there's not a great deal that you can well you, you can do amazing things at home these days with laptops and everything but just having a space where you can just go and do whatever you want really. yeah and i think being a kid and having that chance is incredible like i was lucky enough to do that as i was saying before mm. and like it was an amazing thing to do so i think yeah. if we can just create a space so that young kids who want to try doing music can just come in and do that then that, that's the the main goal of getting it open again really is a kind of a, a roadmap for where you want to go then when the musicians co-op is reopened is there anything any initiatives or any projects that you are looking to really drive forward as soon as those doors are open it's kind of difficult at the minute because we're in a bit of limbo knowing when opening's going to be and everything. Mm. But one of the big things that we're keen on doing is using it as a kind of a space where there can be workshops and lessons and things going on as well, really, rather than it just being specifically somewhere that you can come and rehearse with your band. So yeah, that kind of engagement on a wider kind of educational and community aspect, I think, is going to be a big part of it. I think there'll definitely be people who'll be watching and listening today who will probably already have ideas ticking away as to when they see the venue, when they 
experience it firsthand and then i think there's yeah there's gonna be a lot of people who will show willing and want to be a part of that i think yeah and well and if there is i think the most important thing to know is that everybody's if you want to use as a cooperative that's the the exciting thing about it I think. yeah so if anybody has an idea of oh i could do this in there then just get in touch basically because i think they all it's run by the community for the community uh -huh. so if people want to do stuff then come and get involved are you looking for people to help out now is there any opportunities for people if they wanted to be a part of the team one of the things we're trying to organize is so we're doing this event in march but we're i'm working with uh, one of our other committee members called oliver me and him are trying to put on kind of regular monthly gigs all different genres but trying to just have one event at least a month and we'll bring down all our signage and sell t-shirts and it can be a kind of co-op presents gig in the idea that we can just raise the profile and make sure everybody knows about the co-op and knows that we're working towards reopening it again yeah and also trying to raise some fun selling t-shirts and things yeah so i would say if anybody wants to put on a gig or play a gig or has any kind of event idea then get in touch fantastic and uh, what would be the best way of getting in touch with with the team if you look at our website mm -hmm. um and just email info at lancastermusiccooperative.co.uk have a look on the website that's the best thing to do dom the guy who made the website we were talking about before set up a, a listings thing so you can if you've got your own event going on uh -huh. you can just upload it to the website and then it'll get put over all the social media platforms and things as well so we'd really encourage people if you're putting on a gig anywhere to advertise it on there because it's all free and it's good promotion and it gets people through our website too so wow yeah absolutely buzzing buzzing for that fantastic and just finally what advice then would you give to any musician or any music maker out there who wants to kind of start their journey or to get involved with music and where to go what support what advice i think you just have to get out there and do it really i mean it's such a different landscape to when i was a kid like i signed a recording contract when i was like 14 and i was still at school and we just sent a cd off to rough trade and then got a phone call saying here's the money to go and make an album <laughs> it's like that's ridiculous yeah when you think about it like that would never happen these days. You have to already be massive on social media and streaming platforms before even anyone will even speak to you about that kind of thing. Yeah. So I think it's really tough now for younger people to get involved. But I think what you have to do is just plough on. Mm -hmm. Do it yourself. I don't think anyone's going to help you in the way that people used to. So mm. I think build a community of people around you and just get on with what you want to be doing, really. Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting thing when you say build a community because I think a, a lot of people, when they see now about the idea of building an online community for a lot of young people, that is quite alienating because obviously legally they would not be allowed to have access to those unless they're of a certain age and of course then there's online safety. So I suppose having that physical bricks and mortar space to go to and then form that community and then from there get the advice and support to then reach out into the community could be quite a powerful thing for them. Yeah, hopefully. And if we can kind of create it as a space where younger people can be doing workshops or be mm. maybe getting lessons and things, and that that kind of leads to a kind of opportunity for people to mentor them a little bit as well. So. Absolutely. 
again, it being a cooperative and a community thing, hopefully that's something we can make sure happens. Because I know the Lovely Eggs, their trajectory into how they've done it has been very much, you know, homegrown and grassroots and yeah. led by them, you know. Yeah, absolutely. David's worked there since he was 16. Wow. I think he left school and got an apprenticeship there. Mm -hmm. So he's very much been involved in it for a very long time. They kind of are a good example of that uh, DIY ethos, really. Like, mm -hmm. you just need to kind of crack on because no one else is going to do it for you. That's think. it. Derek, thank you very much for your time today. No, thank you. Thanks very much for talking to me in this phenomenally amazing venue, the Cantina in Lancaster. Yeah. And uh, look forward to uh, checking out the venue. Shall we go and have a look? Yeah, let's do it. Fantastic. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll see you in the next episode. Cheers.